Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Wow, that was a weird intro. Not used to that one. Uh, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40. Uh, we kind of uh, lied. It's like we stuck a cucumber down our pants. It's not a very big podcast uh, because Josh is not here. And Bob, uh, we let him go right because we just finished off with the multi-quarterback press conference today. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Tanner Mordecai, and Tanner Schaefer met with the media. Uh, so you got me and Edward, Edward R. Dosovich, uh, with you today. And Eddie? It's kind of it's it's kind of like we're spending quality time together. Yeah, right? I know. I'm going to go out on a limb too and say that I'm predicting that Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma in 2019. Really? That's but just what I got out of I it. I wouldn't say based off a of press conference. Not based though. off the press conference, <laughs> but just based off the questions that led into the press conference. But uh, it really was, it was. It was good to meet him. It it really was. Kind I mean, he's like, been on campus for what two months now. Yeah. First time we were able to talk to him, so it was good. I'm going to tell you right now. Not going to be a lot of clamoring to talk to him. <laughs> Even more after this? Even more after this. Yeah, he, not, not the he's best very, quote in the world. He's but. very Alabama when it comes to interviewing. Like Nick Saban, you've been around Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban is not as dry and mean as you think he is. No. In a press conference setting. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts was mean, but he's very dry. He's from the school of Alabama where we don't want you to say anything. Uh, and it essentially came down to being asked questions that uh, just had a canned response no matter what the question was. Yeah, there's some questions that just couldn't have been answered, like compare the locker rooms. What's he going to say? Oh, I like the Alabama locker room better. They've, is, they've played in a national championship. These losers haven't. That is something that people have kept asking me, like, well, you ask him about uh, how the OU defense stacks up against the Alabama defense. Like, how do you think it stacks up? Did you watch the football know, season? Don't we know how they stack up? That it is, if it's that old adage: if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. <laughs> he's not going to say. He's not going to answer that question truthfully. It's just not going to happen. No. Okay. And what he is, what he is going to say would just be um, uh, condescending toward his own players. If he, if he were going to say something, oh, there's, nice, there's nothing that he could say that he's. Uh, it's you can't win either way because. You're either going to hear from it, your old teammates that I'm sure he's still pretty tight with yeah. or his new teammates that he's probably still trying to, I mean, in a way, earn their respect, I guess. It, but what's the, like, what's the responsibility there? Because a lot of people want you to ask that question when you know that you're not going to get an answer. Uh, and like Jake Trotter took a stab at it today uh, and, and he, he tried to get the OU versus Alabama comparisons. Jalen, how would you compare the, the culture in the locker room between... Alabama and Oklahoma so far? It's always different, you know what I mean? Nothing's ever the same, right? 
Um, so it's, 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 it's not about, you know, the past. It's not about this or that. It's about what are we going to do with the time we have together as a team? What are we going to do to achieve the things that we want to achieve? He deflected, which, you know, what are you going to say? You're right. He's going to piss off all his friends at Alabama uh, that he spent a lot of time chasing championships, developed really strong, deep bonds with, if he says anything bad about their locker room. I would say everything that he said today was just very calculated. He wasn't into giving, I guess, what you would want. Here's what here's what everybody wants. Everybody wants him to talk shit on everybody. No, 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 no. I, I don't think that's what anybody wanted. What people wanted today was, and it was kind of insulting to him, I guess, is what I learned coming out of it. They wanted him to say, I came to Oklahoma because the offense is yeah. so much better than what it was at Alabama. It's more innovative. Uh, and I want to prove that I can be a quarterback that can play in this type of system. Like, that's what everybody wanted to hear. Yeah. He was not giving that. Is... And in a way, I, I think that we, <laughs> it's kind of like the Russell Westbrook thing. Everybody wants to, this might be a bad analogy, but everybody wants him to come out after the game and be pissed off and, you know, because they're playing shitty right now. Yeah. But he's just not going to give that to you. He's not going to give in to the idea that he came to Oklahoma because Lincoln Riley because and because offense the offense is so much better than Alabama. When in reality, that's the reason he's here. Yes. Like everybody knows that. Yes. But I think uh, for a like, competitive to, standpoint... He was not going to have an NFL future at quarterback if right. he had stayed at Alabama. Well, he wasn't going to play. And maybe if he'd gone to Maryland or Miami, maybe he had a better chance at Miami. But at Oklahoma, he can know once and for all, am I an NFL quarterback? Sure. If I go play in that system for that coach with that talent, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Yeah, this is his. Uh, this is basically his contract here. There, we just had the Jalen Hurts press conference. That's it the, wrapped that's up in the, one. That's the Jalen Hurts uh, synopsis that's of what all he's doing going into to 2019. Today. Yes, he's a big guy though. He, he is. is a big old kid. I said he's got a Russell Westbrook body. He's not as tall, but he's got that barrel chest yeah. and the booty. I didn't notice that as much. I noticed he wore was wearing a wife beater underneath. I don't know if that means It might anything. be a channel view thing. Maybe. He did talk. The most that he talked today <laughs> was about his high school days at Channel View playing North Shore. Channel View must have beat North Shore his, his junior year. I think he must have been like a sophomore because he said he was a holder. Well, he said he held two. I think yeah. he was a junior that year. Yeah, we tried to kind of clumsily uh, research that. Which it didn't happen. But so, okay, so here's Jalen Hurts talking, being asked the question uh, about if he has something to prove by coming to Oklahoma. I don't want to get into comparisons. Um, you know, Baker's Baker, Kyler's Kyler, uh, and I'm me. Um, so I think the, the objective of all of, of all of this is, you know, yeah, everybody wants to achieve their goals. Everybody wants to do those things. But right now, it's, it's, it's not about me. I'm, I'm stepping back from it. And the, the biggest thing about this thing is achieving what we want as a team, getting what we want accomplished as a team, doing what we want as a team. So um, I, I feel like if we can come together and do those things, work hard, you know, build that bond um, on all phases, I mean, we you know the sky's the limit.
Safe to say he is a coach's son. I mean, you've everything, got a lot of the coach talk with with everything that he said on Wednesday. Every question turned around to, it's about the team. Yeah. I'm stepping back. I'm holding my own press conference, but I'm stepping back from this. Oh, I, I, I think that, you know, kind of looking at all the stuff that he said, he's the perfect embodiment of what Lincoln Riley wanted as far as a leader, as far as a guy that has been around the block before. I mean, he's, he's definitely a guy that I think Spencer Rattler and Tanner Mordecai and... I guess throw Tanner Schaefer in there as well. Guy that they're going to be able to learn from, don't you think? For leadership skills, absolutely. Yeah. How to carry yourself, how to be a, a pro, absolutely. Sure. And he kind of mixed in some Alabama stuff. like the pro, I think He mentioned the process at one point today. Um, here, and, and I think a lot of people... Where to park a Dodge Charger on campus? <laughs> I think a lot of people were really... They wanted to know, like, okay, um, tell us about, you know, kind of how this went down. Like, okay, when did you know, and I don't know, when did you know that you were going to come to OU? Which, we know he went to Maryland, he came to Norman, then he went to Miami, and then he chose Oklahoma. But I think everybody just kind of wanted, they wanted to write the story about he and Lincoln Riley and the recruiting aspect of it and when he really knew and all this stuff. And it... It never was anything that he would deliver today. Like here's a here's another example. It's, it's um, been a lot to it. I think the most important thing is that I'm here now, and you know, I'm, 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 we're working, and we're 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 taking those steps to be the team we want to be. So, so I'm not giving you your answers. Listen, we're not talking about it. That's basically <laughs> what he said. It was like, a, no, we just want some color, you know, to, t- to tell the folks out there what it was like, how you made that decision. I wonder how much coaching they gave him. Oh, I don't think they need to give him much. He's oh, He's been overcoached. I think they need to coach him now. Like, hey, it's okay to be a human being. You're, yeah. you're in a safe space now. Nick is gone. He's not going to, he's not going to hurt. The bad man's not going to yeah. hurt you anymore. <laughs> Show us, show us near the microphone where the bad man touched you. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I don't think that it was. I mean, he clearly has been in front of a microphone before, though. Oh, sure. It wasn't a. I don't want people to sit there and think that we're just dogging on the guy. It wasn't a just terrible uh, presentation. It was just. It was. Just, he was closed. Up. He, yeah, he was closed he was off. Pretty closed off. He wasn't giving any for. Uh, here is maybe he wants to win the job first before he. Uh, yeah. Opens but up. Here he is talking about Riley's uh, recruitment of him. Every school has their way of selling stuff. You know, everybody takes different angles. Everybody takes a different approach. Um, but you know, Coach Riley's been very um, upfront and honest with everything, and. Um, Ultimately, you know, we got to go to work. You know, we got to work. Um, and definitely no handouts anywhere. So, um, you know, just really us being on the same page on, on on those things and really, you know, trying to push the envelope on getting things done. You know, being moving with urgency. So, yeah, he's not telling you anything about <laughs> how Lincoln recruited him. I mean, we all know the pitch, right? I just put two Heisman Trophy winners. We want to win a national yeah. championship. Come just, be a part of we it. We just won back-to-back Heisman. I just put back-to-back people 
in in a Heisman Trophy. Come be a part of this. They, they're going to have a statue. You know, on this it, campus. it's not a it's not a damn like secret what they were yeah, selling them I mean, on. Why not just say? I don't know. That's interesting. The success here, you know, like I'm trying to say other things more than interesting too. By the way, I don't want. <laughs> and, Catch you don't want to get off on the bat, on the on the wrong foot here. No, I. You don't want to. Oh no, of, I don't. I don't care what Jalen Hurts thinks of me. I'm talking about the subscribers. You don't want to be the guy Talk, talking shit on the board. Uh, you don't want to be the guy that got up and left right after Jalen Hurts' press conference was over, uh, and then have Tanner Mordecai win the job. Uh, that wouldn't be bad. It'd be kind of funny. It'd be inter- It'd be. I got in trouble. I made a joke about that. You didn't? Well, Jenny Carlson and Jake Trotter both got up. Oh, they did? Yeah, and left. ESPN doesn't care about kids I, from I uh, Waco? About it. No, they don't. Does that mean... The Mordecai family should boycott ESPN. I I agree. And it Jenny says, actually got up for a good reason. She was, she was in the transcription pool that we have. So she was getting started on her transcription. ESPN stands with David Koresh. <laughs> That's all I got out of that. I don't think that that's who they stand with. That's all I got out of that. Hard to stand with a man who's dead no longer with us. Well, or do you? I don't know. I don't do know you, how that works. Do you? Uh, you wonder if that's even true? Did he escape? Maybe the government's hiding him. Yeah, that could be a possibility. I don't. He's he's helping with anti-terrorist cells. Possibly in the Middle East. Possibly. Possibly working with. Uh, we're working against ISIS. Maybe that's why they never wanted uh, the name of the uh, shooter of Bin Laden to be released because it was David Koresh. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? You just came up with a massive conspiracy. How about that? Uh, okay, so moving on, let's kind of get through Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean... If, if there's anything that I took out of today, it's that he knows C.D. Lamb is going to be his guy. How about that? Right here. Well, man, I was... I was a freshman at Alabama and I wanted CD to come to Alabama, you know, so it's not like I didn't know who he was, what he was capable of, but the tables have turned um, and I'm here and I guess you can say we kind of reunited. So um, just trying to maximize this, maximize this moment this year, you know, everything about it, trying to maximize it. And you did notice CD Lamb did not go on spring break to a football field with Tanner Mordecai. I wondered about that. Like, I, I was wondering if somebody was going to ask Tanner Mordecai about that. Like, if you're, I don't know, like on pod, I, I don't know where he went, but if you're like sitting on the I beach. Th- on, it, it on, entered my head. I at, thought about sitting it. Sitting on the beach on Padre, and it's like, well, God damn, they didn't tell me they were doing this. Like, I'm out, I've been oh, out here yeah, hanging no out kidding. with a bunch of buddies, and yeah. they're out there getting better in Channel View or Clearwater, guys, wherever they were. You guys screwed me out of a chance to get better today. Why didn't you tell me? I mean, I, I that, think... I mean, that's very awkward between CD and Tanner at practice yesterday, You know what's sure. going to be more awkward is the next, I don't know, like four months when they act like this is some kind of tight race, and they're going to go through the same thing that they did last year as far as Austin Kendall and the comparisons to Tanner Mordecai and Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. And I feel like it's just going to be very awkward that everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, the the well, quarterback race? Well, yeah. It, I, and kind of roll your eyes at it. But Lincoln has to play it out because he doesn't want Tanner Mordecai transferring. Sure. As soon as spring's over. No, I'm, it makes sense. I, I understand that. I just... That has to be the toughest balancing act that Lincoln Riley does all year. Or the p- toughest part of his job is acting like, oh, yeah, we're 
this is a race because you're not. They're not gonna. We did it with they're Kendall not, and they're not benching Tyler. Jalen Hurts. They're not benching him, right? There's no way that Tanner Mordecai is the starter against Houston. No way. And I'm not trying to bash Tanner Mordecai because I I'm one of big, uh, his biggest supporters as far as I think he can be a really good quarterback. It's just. It's a different situation at Oklahoma right now as far as the quarterback room, uh, as far as guys like Tanner Mordecai and Schaefer and uh, Austin Kendall even. They literally, they could all three write books with what they've been through as far as what they've seen in that Oklahoma quarterback room in the last two years or last three years in Norman. Uh, Here is, uh, you mentioned it, uh, Tanner Mordecai, kind of how he um, is just handling this. And I, I asked him this question. Uh, just saying, hey, everybody, I didn't really say it this way, but phrased it in a way like everybody just assumes Jalen Hurts is a guy and go. Is there, well, for you, everybody's focusing on Jalen, you know, his history and um, that, you know, he's played, you know, in, in big games and things, but is there anything you kind of take out of, like, you know, seeing a guy like Baker play here that people, you know, looked at him as an underdog. I mean, do you, you feel like you have some of that same kind of attitude when you're out there on the, on the field? Yeah, I think so. Um, like Bake, like you said, uh, whenever he came, I don't think anybody expected him to do anything. Uh, Trevor Knight just came off a pretty good year, and he won the job. So, yeah, I, I, I for sure have thought about that. Uh, obviously, Jalen's done a lot of great things at Alabama, and people also believe uh, like he's a great quarterback as he is, but like I'm trying to put my best foot forward as well and just compete every day in spring. It, here's the thing too, though. Like, there's some wiggle room there. I mean, we're talking about how it's a certainty, and it, it's yes. I mean, it pretty much is. You you bring a guy in like that. I'll say this: the the wor- best case scenario for Tanner Mordecai is that he feels like he should be the starter coming out of fall camp. Lincoln has to make Jalen Hurts the starter, knowing maybe he's not the best, and then he struggles. And Tanner Mordecai ends up winning the job during the season. That'd be incredible. It'd be an incredible turn of events. You know why? I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, but I mean, here's Jaylen, the deal. Jalen Hurts wouldn't beat out Baker Mayfield. He wouldn't beat out Kyler Murray. He didn't beat out Tua Tagovailoa. Right. Mean, but where does Spencer Rattler fit into all this? Oh, he's f- You think? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that he'd come in and automatically be the backup in a I mean, month. But I mean, Trevor Knight's a good example of a guy that won a job... I think from a skill set, and then lost. A job. Rattler's better than all those guys, though. But what I'm saying is, it's not unprecedented. Well, not, not Murray or Mayfield, obviously. Yeah, but. it's not unprecedented for a quarterback to win a job and then lose it eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it. Basically, we've seen that it hasn't around happened here. to Lincoln Riley, but no, but we saw it with Trevor Knight. Yeah, I don't think any of these guys are Trevor Knight, though. I think these guys are better, right? Hmm. I mean, I guess we don't know that about. John Hurst is a better quarterback than Trevor Knight, right? He has a better. He's a better athlete. He's a better athlete, but he's just based on resume right now. He's a better quarterback. Here's the thing: Jalen Hurts 
as twenty-five and two in the SEC at Alabama. But the quarterback in this offense at Alabama, they played it safe. Yeah, and like they, is there like a? They didn't. They they designed an offense around a guy to limit the number of mistakes because their defense was so good uh, that they didn't want to turn the ball over. At Oklahoma, he's going to wing it. He's going to put the ball up a lot. And he's going to have more opportunities to make plays, but he's also going to have more opportunities than he's ever had to make mistakes. And that was Trevor Knight's downfall. It wasn't that he was a horrible quarterback. It was that he made some awful mistakes. Yeah. I wish there was like a... uh, And I'm, I'm... by no means am I somebody that claims to be a um, advanced statistic analytics guy that like trust everything that you throw into the computer. But I wish there was a way that you could find like a war for Jalen Hurts and how much that defense won games as opposed to how many games like he won yeah. for Alabama. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like his wins over replacement, basically. Yeah, like it'd have to be some kind of a turnover analysis. Yeah. you know, because I would imagine there's a lot of games. Downs, yeah, there's a lot of games longs, that Blake you know, Barnett probably could have started for Alabama, and they still well, and they still win the game. I mean, what's his name? Jake Coker took him to a national championship. Yeah, sure. Same thing. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Jake Coker. Right. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, but I thought yeah, I thought Barnett. I thought what you asked uh, maybe Mordecai about was kind of interesting. Just as far as like in Lincoln Riley's offense, are you more of a playmaker or are you more of like a distributor? Distributor, uh, yeah, a guy that just puts the ball out there and then you let all these other guys do the work. Here's that, question. and they have plenty of those guys on that campus right now. Here's that question. Yeah, I think it goes uh, both ways. I mean, they have to do their job and have to do mine. And, uh, you know, that comes with practice and throwing routes on air. And uh, in the winter, whenever it was just offensive guys throwing routes in the indoor, I think that all kind of plays a part. And we got to get used to each other and have uh, chemistry and uh, for, it, for it all to work. Did you, with like Grant and CD and guys that have been around, you feel like you've developed a little bit of that with him? For sure, yeah. Um, like I said, in the winter, Seven on seven routes on there, and then leading up to spring, it's been a lot of reps and a lot of throws. So, for sure, getting better. That was his opportunity to say, "Well, yeah." When they don't sneak off on spring break and don't tell me about it, that would have been awesome if he would have said something <laughs> about that. Because that was my first thought when I when I saw that uh, video released last week was just like, "Hmm, it's kind of weird. I wonder where they're at. Wonder how that worked out." But they're also at the same time, I could see it being a situation that they're both. Um, Houston kids so I could see them yeah. just hey are you in town let's get together type and thing. like in 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 like Hurt said he's known him since he was a freshman yeah. in Alabama yeah so there's and I'm sure seeing him ball out against Alabama it was at uh Patrick Sertain who he just mm-hmm. destroyed in that game well what's even more interesting is I wonder how and I don't think CD would ever say it and I don't know if he's ever said anything about it but I wonder how how much he played in a part of the pitch that Lincoln Riley gave Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you remember there were there were, I don't know if it was CD that put him out there, but the very first video of Hurts that that came out there on social media were was in the new indoor, in the Switzer Center. Yeah, throwing uh, fades, fades yeah. to throwing deep balls. Some and of the best, Hertz some of the CD. best takes on the internet came after that video. Can't throw, can't throw a fade ball. 
<laughs> Such a he's throwing it to where he was throwing back. Hertz can't, he's throwing back. He's shoulders. throwing to where Hertz can't get the or CD can't catch it. Oh God, they were back shoulders, is what they. All were. right, Jim. Whatever. <laughs> Go back to Facebook. Um. So yeah, I mean that there there's a relationship there. Uh, it, it is obviously with him going out in spring break. I mean, look, there's still a lot to be decided here. There's still a lot of scrim. And when they go out to scrimmage, that's really when you're going to find things out. Uh, and I mean, the other thing that that was kind of asked about today, just getting off the Jalen Hurts thing for a second, was it was kind of our chance to talk to the quarterbacks. And I don't know, like Jalen didn't really give an answer about it. It was our first chance to really ask them, hey, what do you think of all these five stars that have come in here? And uh, Tanner Mordecai was asked that. Uh, they're special, yeah. They're they're really good dudes. Uh, I mean, they can play. I mean, that's why they were ranked so high, and that's why they're here. And, you know, they enrolled early. They gave up that last semester of high school, and uh, they're balling out there, and they're working really hard. So uh, we're, we're glad to have those guys for sure. Tanner, I know you come to Oklahoma, you expect to play with some special players, but watching C.D. Lamb, I mean, you knew he was a good player when you signed here, but just seeing his development over the last year, is it is he just one of those guys you look at and you're like, uh, I kind of thought people like that existed, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no doubt. He's a freak. Yeah, uh, incredible athlete, really good receiver. Um, I mean, he, go get, he goes getting ball better than anybody else, and I mean, he's a stud. Do you think people realize how big of a freak CeeDee Lamb is? You think that they, you think OU fans appreciate just how ridiculous he is? Well, if you don't, you need to turn on that Alabama tape again because he tore up a cornerback in a secondary that, I don't know, I mean, pretty damn good, right? Very good, yeah. I mean, Clemson kind of tore him up the next week, but I mean, still. yeah, this is not this is not the the secondary that Alabama is going to hang up on the wall and say, "Oh, this was." I'll put it this way: this was our best. I would be blown away, shocked, and this is coming on March twenty seventh if C.D. Lamb isn't a finalist for the Blitnikoff this year. I'll go one further. I'll be surprised. You think he'll win it? No, I'll be surprised if he's not the first wide receiver taken in the draft next year. Yeah. And I think that tells you everything you need to know is that it's a foregone conclusion next year's CD Lane's oh, yeah. last year. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think that probably says CD everything. CD hasn't come out and said it, but everyone that knows him kind of says the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be incredible. Enjoy watching him. Yeah. Just, and, it's your last Enjoy year. it. He is, and physically, I think that he's a, I mean, he's a different player right now than he was probably in November or December last year. By the way, I have the uh, window open because I'm keeping an eye out for the UPS man. This kid keeps skating back and forth down my sidewalk. Tell him Santa Claus doesn't visit the funeral home, little buddy. I'm just waiting for Eddie to pull like a big daddy and go out there and throw a stick in front of him and make him trip. Let's see how how good he is on that BMX. He want to be the next Matt Hoffman or not? He's skating on roller skates. Oh, he's roller skating? He was on a bike a minute ago. No, he's on skate. See, there he is. He's on skates. Oh. Maybe there's a biker out there, too. He's the next... Uh, it's it's the summer. There's a lot of kids in my neighborhood right it's now. The spring. He's the next Adam Banks, spring, maybe. Yeah. Who was Adam Banks? On D2, Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay. Been a while since I've rollerbladed. I was the king of rollerblades, though, for a while. I can like see little school. Eddie rollerblading. We, totally. we had some awesome, awesome hockey Street hockey games. Yeah, because Sam was like a big hockey guy, wasn't he? 
Well, I didn't really. I didn't know him in elementary school. Okay. But like middle school, elementary school for sure. Didn't Sammy B play like ice hockey, like traveled and stuff during the summers? Yeah, he was going to move up to like Canada to play in the junior IHL or whatever. But then I think uh, reality hit, and <laughs> he's like, "Well, I mean, these Canadian kids grow up on this shit." Yeah, yeah, they're they're a different level. Competing against uh, Sidney Crosby and those guys. That would have been a great story, though. If he, would, it, there, if he would have been a hockey player, I mean, the first Native American been, hockey player. Has there ever been a you know like a kid from the South that moved north to play hockey? Oh yeah, and made it in the NHL. There's kids all over like Dallas, and there's really? a couple kids from Oklahoma City that uh, I don't know if they've made it to the NHL. But there's a kid that plays. He was from Edmond, and he moved up there. I want to say he played for like the Edmonton Oilers. Is that right? Are I they the Oilers? That story. I remember that story. Yeah, Are they the Oilers from Oklahoma City. Yeah, he got drafted. Yeah, and he got drafted, and I don't know where he is now. I mean, he might still be bouncing around in the IHL or something. Yeah, I remember. The, the, I mean, I know like there's the a stars. ton of there's a ton of kids that play for that Dallas Stars yeah, team. Yeah, the Stars that have, have that Ice Center in Frisco. Yeah, it's just big time. Hockey's a, I guess, kind of a big deal. I don't know if it still is or not. Can't tell you. I, I don't, don't want really to follow. I, hockey. I don't really want a hockey team though. Back in Oklahoma City. Uh, if the Thunder keep playing like this, I'll welcome an <laughs> NHL team anytime. The one of the uh, I don't even know if there's audio still around it, but or still from it. But one of my worst uh, broadcasting moments was having to do a Oklahoma an club, hockey club hockey junior, yeah, on the radio for the like OU uh, the Wire. Uh huh. I remember the Wire like the, back in the It days. was like the third hockey game I'd ever watched. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I had to uh, do a women's high school basketball game one time. Just well, at least that's I like slow moving. It. And uh, somebody asked me, and somebody, Susie goes up for a layup. She missed. And so it, I was young, and I wasn't making very much money. And someone asked me to come keep the stats for the uh, Oklahoma Jim Thorpe All Star High School game. No one's stats were right. It's the first time I ever did it. Like the quarterback MVP I think he beca- he was the MVP because I totally screwed up his stats and gave him way more passing yardage than he had he's probably still wondering like he didn't get a scholarship after uh, just an <laughs> incredible Jim Thorpe performance <laughs> yeah what what about my Jim Thorpe performance <laughs> nobody really watched bud well you know who we we did uh talk to today would you say we'll ever we would you think we'll ever talk to him again uh Probably not unless he drops a snap. Uh, isn't he going to be the holder this year? Is he? Uh, I think, Got yeah, McGinnis, didn't McGinnis? Connor. Yeah. He graduated, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, If he unless he, like, drops a That's, drops a hole. We need to go into that with Lincoln on Thursday, tomorrow. Um, we need to talk about Gabe Burkich and the holder situation because that's a big turnover that nobody's really brought up so far. Oh, I, I mean, as much as people like to bag on... Uh, Cybert, I think he'll be Who's missed. Who's on Cybert? Oh, people that I mean, just on Twitter and stuff that uh, he he missed the only good you know he missed all the kicks that were important. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. He, it's gonna be it's gonna be important to. Although I mean, I don't know if this was well known, but you kind of threw it out there at the end of last season. The Brickett kid was Burkich. on, or Burkich was on scholarship all year. I'm glad that you can mispronounce another name, a name that's well. That that name deserves to be mispronounced. What it's is B-R-K- it? B K R I C. I think I don't think there's any vowels. I think it's B R K C. No, a name. it's B R K I C. What think. a name, Burkich. 
He's supposed to be pretty good, though, isn't he? He's on scholarship. Yeah. They uh-huh. like him. Whatever. Uh, but Let's no. wait until he misses a kick against Houston to win the game. So uh, uh, we did talk to Tanner Schaefer. I mean, he was... Who he, is well known as, I think, the... Hasn't Riley said that he's kind of like the comedian of the quarterback room? I think that Riley sees a lot of himself in Tanner Schaefer. Yeah, it's like he's too old to be his son. It's like he's he's he's, he's his quarterback, I don't know, friend's son. It's kind of like a semi-pro. It's like his, uh, it's like his uh, quarterback... Uh, not Eskimo brother, but what would be a familiar fam- oh family God. member of that? It's like a uh, it's like a, a long lost brother that he never I'm had. I'm going with friend son from Semi yeah, Pro. That's cool. That's what uh, Jackie Moon's friend son was. Uh, Conan's sidekick. I think that's fair. So here is uh, Lincoln Riley's friend son, Tanner Schaefer. I mean, I guess you say have a lot in common. He's from a small town. I'm from a small town, and kind of stuff like that. So he can relate to a lot of things like. Whenever I first came in, he was relating a lot to, you know, you're, you played all the sports in high school, this and that, and you, you didn't ever get to just focus on one, and now's the time to just focus on one thing. So, I mean, we, I, I guess I, I can relate to him a lot, and he helps me through a lot of stuff like that and can talk to me about this or that. So, I just remember at the end of Semi-Pro, after they'd won the Mega Bowl, and uh, the... Uh, NBA guy had come and said, wow, Jackie, you're a heck of a marketer. How about you come join uh, join us in the NBA and, and be our marketer? And he started crying and he said, can I bring my friend son with me? And then he, and then the NBA guy got attacked by Dewey the Bear. I think I've only seen, uh, I don't think I've seen semi-pro from start to finish. You need to. You of all people. I know, I, I do love me some Will Ferrell. Um. Wow, I just I I I almost did a dude almost did a baby shark transition there. Ugh. I I was like do do do, and then the the, the baby shark do 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 like that. You start in my saying head. that it's going to get in your head. Uh, so I'll stop it. Okay. I don't know how you parents do it out there. Oh, let's move on from uh, all the quarterback stuff today. I think we've covered most of it. What you know, what you should know is. We got no color at all from uh, from Jalen Hurts and his comments today. Borderline racist. See, I knew when I said that, that I needed to. It was just everybody. I feel like everybody went in and even I might have told myself this, like going in, like we're going to have some great storylines coming out of this. There really weren't. I mean, it was good to was talk a, to him for the first needed, time. It was a much needed. It was day. like an icebreaker almost. Yeah. And everybody, because we knew we weren't going to talk to Jalen until like, you know, after spring break, it, we, we all built it up like, Oh boy, this is going to be a huge day. Uh, and even afterwards, like Bob is not here because he was working on the story for the site that is up now. Um, but like, we almost had to like, it was like a, a, a think tank trying to decide what the storyline should be. Cause there really wasn't a, anything that really stood out about his press conference in a, in a, you know, sound bite or a uh, clickish way. It was just so. It was very upfront. There was nothing. But you know, now we know Jalen yeah. Hurts. He's a guy that's all about the team publicly. He's not going to give you anything flashy. He's just going to go and do his business. And that's you know, there's going to be people out there that can be, oh, those Sooner Scoop guys were just shitting all over Jalen Hurts. 
and it's not really that. It's just there was nothing said. The, we'll shit was, on everyone, the, any everyone and anyone that's a, a mediocre interview for us. Yeah, because I think that's fair. That's to be honest, we care more about that than we do wins or losses. Way that's more, fair. Way more. Unless we bet on the games. <laughs> Unless they're in one of your parlays. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the cool thing that we did do this week so far is we got to talk to Alex Grinch again, which, again, not like he's not, when you see the videos of him running up and down the field, he's not like screaming at the media, but he's at least giving you a little bit of color. He's giving you a, a little bit of information as he goes along. And here was his update on his defense after this would be five practices in now for the Sooners. But I think we're running. I think the want to's there. Um, I, I think the, 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 you know, the uh, playmaking mindset is, is not what I think it should be yet. You know, I think we're participating uh, a little bit more than we're playing the game, you know, and some of that, you know, and again, we can make whatever excuses we want. We're learning, we're, we're, we're teaching. It's, I don't know where to line up, this and that, but, uh, it, uh, it, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be at the, the, the forefront of our brains in terms of everything single thing. And I told the guys today, uh, you know, every single snap of football, the play has to be made. Either they make it or I make it, you know. And so I, I don't know that enough guys are thinking that way, just itching, dying uh, to be a playmaker on this defense. Now, again, it, you know, to your point, as it, it, some guys uh, uh, have shown well that way, they have, but it's, it's probably too, too up and down. This, that was, I guess, only the second time that we've talked to him, right? Right, yes. You guys didn't talk to well, him when I was out of press town. conference, uh, the, his initial press conference, we talked to him once during since spring has started, and then that was the second time. Biggest takeaway from Alex Grinch's two interview sessions, there is a massive mentality shift that he is trying to change right now. And he's not sugarcoating anything. He's not, which, you know... I don't think Mike Stoops was either, but people were tired of hearing him talk about we don't have oh it, depth it's or a talent perfect example because of, he was responsible for all that depth and talent. Yeah, there, there's a perfect example of new eyeballs, new ideas, and a new mentality on that side of the football. Yeah, and it's been much needed. And they and they come in refreshing here, in a way. They come in here without being beaten down. Yeah, it's well, I I think that it's one of those things too that. You know, it's funny that everybody last year talked about how the players hated Mike because he was so mean to people. Yeah. When in, like, just the little clips that we've seen of Alex Grinch, I don't think he's coming off as a... He's not giving anybody hugs down there. No. But I think... It, he's intense. They, but they believe in him because it's a different voice. It's yeah. a different person. Uh, they have no reason to not believe this guy right now, I guess would be the best way to say it. It's just a perfect example of how sometimes you just need change for the yeah, sake of change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Alex Grinch totally believes that he's going to get them to play well and that his system is going to work. And I think Brian Odom is the same way. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. And it's just a matter of, like you said, changing the mindset. Kind of like this, like Alex Grinch was just talking about uh, you know, wanting to be uh, a turnover defense, needing to force turnover, seeing some of that. Uh, and here was a little bit more. Uh, he expanded a little bit more on the defense. We probably are ahead of where I thought we'd be mentally through through when when, when certain plays in practice stick out like a sore thumb. That means you're doing things right. When it's just a, you know you you walk off the practice and it's just a laundry list of issues. Well, I mean it it okay. I can't circle 
Deshaun on this one particular play that he's playing slow because he's thinking. So I got to give those guys guys credit that way. But we also didn't install to be really, really good practice five and feel good walking off the field on, on, on Tuesday here in the whatever month it is, March. I mean, we, we, we installed this thing. Like This is what we need to, to be able to execute in the fall. So this this was uh, not, not designed to feel good. And so, uh, which, which is going to be some some very frustrating clips of, of football, you know, when, you, when you're going against a, an offense as multiple as us, which is absolutely uh, tremendous for us moving forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, you want to vomit some snaps. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty funny. He's basically saying, "Yeah, this this offense is really difficult. Makes me want to puke sometimes." It, I I thought it was interesting. Just as far as you know, you take the mentality thing, you take it a step further. Uh, Justin Royal said that they have, and I I guess I didn't really know what he was talking about. But footballs in the meeting room that you have to touch for the mentality of. Were you standing over there when yeah, he's talking about that? Yeah, I didn't that? quite get it. Like I'm thinking like a a podium with a football on top that you need to slap when you walk by it. Like, like you slap it, it like slaps off the podium. I don't know. I really don't know. Needless to say, like Alex Grinch wants those guys thinking about turning the football over all the time. twenty three yeah. and a half hours of the day, and when they're not thinking about it, maybe desiring it or fantasizing about it. Uh, and here's another thing that you know I took out of talking to Alex Grinch yesterday is, like I said, he is not sugarcoating anything, and when it comes to the secondary, like. He was asked about Buki, and he was like, he's up and down. Like, I need him to be better. Oh, I, I think it's a it's a very fascinating conversation as far as when you look at what they want in the secondary right now. I mean, am I wrong to say that Alex Grinch probably wouldn't have recruited Buki just because of his the sheer ability of his size, right? They haven't offered a guy over six foot yet. Yeah. Under, you mean? Or under, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, so where does that leave? Where does that leave him at the end of things? Because well, I do think that he can still play football. I think I'm not out on the Buki can't play football train. I'm not there yet. That would be the worst rivals evaluation, biggest bust ever, probably. It would certainly be in there. Uh, well, and the like I said, he he doesn't sugarcoat things. Here he is talking about his secondary yesterday. Boy, we're very very thin in the secondary, which is alarming. Um, just from a, a depth standpoint, we've got some, some young guys coming in the fall and we're going to have to plug in. And I, I probably echo that maybe, maybe across the board, probably, probably a little bit more, more, more thin than we should be at Oklahoma. But, uh, um, but that also is a great opportunity for the guys to get reps. And so, you know, the thing I told the guys the other day, I keep giving you guys the, the inside scoop on our defensive meetings, but the thing I told the guys the other day is don't, don't ever Thanks, say you never had a chance to play at Oklahoma because right now, <laughs> you know, whether you're a walk-on, whether, whether you, know, you, you thought you were just going to get a jersey and, uh, a couple square meals on a Friday before a game. I mean, you, you got a chance to, to get reps out here. You better take advantage of them. By the way, is square meal, is that a prison term? That was brought up to me this morning. Really? Yeah. Like you get a square meal in jail. No, I mean, it's just, you know. Or is that just an that's, expression? That's an old expression. Oh, okay. I mean, like uh, three square meals a day. It is, it, 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 it's more, I think, army. Oh, okay. But anything regimented yeah. is considered a like... square meal. Yeah. If your day is very regimented, it's like get up in the morning, PT. Very square. Do PT duty, get a square meal, you know. I thought it was funny. Or like if you're a, a dock worker or something. It's yeah. Like, you know, come work here, you get three squares a day. That makes sense. It's, I mean, it's right what he said though, right? 
It's correct. What if it was just prison though? Is that is that being like is that like a awesome? Is that like a strike against? It lead me to it, well, no, it lead me to believe that he's listening to the podcast. He wants to send this defense to jail for a week during the summer <laughs> instead of giving a week with Benny Wiley at uh, workout masters. They need to go to prison for a week. Get tough. Uh, okay, one of the the things that I talked to is he right though about, about being thin? I mean, everybody on the board and on Twitter was. I guess kind of taking it back that he came out and said it, but yeah. it's true. I mean, they don't, they, Robert Barnes isn't participating. Here's the thing. And, Turner and Yell isn't out there. He backtracked kind of and said, well, I am, you know, we are lacking size. Like, I, he's thin in the kind of players, like you said, he's thin in the type of guys that he wants. Yeah. And OU got into a real problem and that they thought, this is, it was philosophical with the last staff. Like, that's what was happening. Like, they had Julian Wilson and, uh, you know, Jordan Thomas and all these guys. And, like, they were really long for a while in the secondary. And they were getting beat all the time because guys were getting behind them. And Baylor was embarrassing them. And they were just like, Zach Sanchez came along. And he was smaller, but he had speed. And it's like, we need to get more speed on the field. And so they started... Uh, kind of just ignoring height and looking more for speed. And part of it was just with the way they were recruiting, they were kind of taking what they could get to. Yeah. And and guys mm, that that's did what, have... That's guys, what happens when you get beat out by Ohio State and Alabama and schools that they're trying to And think about it, like with. guys that they were signing that had size, like PJ and Banasaur, like... They weren't any good. They weren't good. any good, yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. so it's almost like they, they got this... Um, it's a little not. It, it was, were they was going? Like a, were they going after the wrong guys? And then once they weren't getting them, they were having to settle for guys that they made bad evaluations on. Or Is they that, were just going after speed from the beginning. It's like they got they stereotyped tall guys as being slow. Yeah, and which, the tall guys they were getting weren't working out. I mean, I'm 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 very. I mean, Dakota Austin. That's how they ended up with Dakota Austin. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm very interested to see through one recruiting cycle, just how much things with under Grinch are going to change. I mean, and everybody talks about Grinch and, and, and Manning and rightfully so uh, it's going to be fun when we're able to talk to Manning again. But I, I think the biggest hires, Brian Odom, just as far as what Grinch said about the middle linebacker or the inside linebacker. And basically that being the toughest position to recruit and the toughest position to play on the football field in today's time. Here's uh, Alex Grinch on that very thing. And I don't know if it's this defense. I think it's college football. You know, I was talking to Coach Stoops, uh, uh, it may have been yesterday, um, and, and, I, and I believe this. I think it's the hardest position to play in college football because there's just so much uh, from a coverage aspect, from a run-fit standpoint, and, and when you add the, the quarterback run aspect and, and the counteraction and bubbles and, and, and the drop back, I mean, the, the run-pass conflict that you're in every single snap, which has always been there in football, um, you know, the old days of the hard play action, the linebacker sucking up. Well, now, you know, it's an actual, it's not hard play action. It was, it was a run play that you need to fit, and then all of a sudden there's a pass off, and the quarterback can keep it, and what about that bubble out there? And so you're defending three plays on almost every snap of football. And guess where you, guess what level of your defense do you need on every single one of those type of plays, and it's linebackers. And so it's a very difficult challenge, and, we, you know, you try to simplify it as best you can. But really, it, it uh, they, they and, and, and how you do that as a defensive coach is you say they make it a, a complicated enough 
offensively, then we got we got to do the the right things uh, uh, from a schematic standpoint to put them in position to play fast and be able to play downhill. There's a bike now. Oh, there's two bikes now, along with the skate the skater. If they had some extra skates, I might go out there and cross check somebody into the grass. I wonder if my parents have like my old skates still at their house. I don't know. I never did rollerblades though. You had to have the right asphalt, and it looks like you do as far as what you need because you can't have the rocks because you can't skate on that. When you have the rollerblades, yeah, because they catch your your wheels. Yeah, you catch the wheels, and you can't get a good skate. Uh, sorry, that was a squirrel moment. Uh, squirrel, but no, I mean the inside linebacker. Here's what's interesting: talking to Brian Odom, Brian Odom yesterday. Uh. Oh, of course, he brought up Kenneth Murray and Caleb Kelly. And by the way, Mike, um, by the way, I thought it was interesting that he mentioned those two first when we all have been talking about Deshaun White and what impact he could possibly make. Uh, but you know the third linebacker he brought up yesterday? I don't know if you were standing over I there. I wasn't standing over there. Let me guess. And everyone out there right now is yelling Levi Draper, and it wasn't. Been on campus? Yeah. John Michael Terry? No. Ooh, I'm curious how... Frank Shannon? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how far, how long this will take you. Uh, Nick Benito. No. You're way cold. Am I? Uh-huh. That's not good. God, there's somebody, like, I'm trying to think of who it could be now. Oh, no. Is he white? Maybe. Caleb Gastelum? <laughs> or not Gastelum. Uh, uh, the new Caleb Gastelum, you mean? Yeah. Um, Brian Mead. Brian Mead. You were almost there. I, I couldn't I remember his name for a minute. I just remembered he was white. That's very He raved about Brian Mead me. yesterday. Just how intelligent he is. Like, And it just goes to show you, like, all coaches kind of, you know, like, they all do the same thing. I mean, he's listed at 6'2", 230. What you have, like, all these people that have these conspiracy theories about oh, that, that this guy people should be playing, playing and yeah. he doesn't like him. Like, Brian Mead played ahead of Levi Draper and everybody else last year. Right. Brian Mead is impressing the coaches more. Like, people specifically ask Brian Odom, like, how's Levi Draper doing? Yeah. And, like, he would list about five other linebackers and then Levi Draper. Well, I, I think that that's going to be the... he was specifically asked about Levi Draper. That's the one thing that I think, even going into August next year, is people are going to realize, is even with these new set of eyes, you can only play the guy... They're, the coaches are going to put the people on the field that they feel like are going to perform the best. And I understand that there is plenty of room. I'm not trying to get into defending Mike Stoops' hour here or any other coaches. People act like they were such morons that they would play the wrong people. Like, these coaches are making the same determinations... Like he, that those coaches made. Like he was trying to get fired. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> well, they're idiots for moving, trying to move uh, Caleb Kelly to Will Linebacker. Guess where this staff is playing Caleb Kelly? Will Linebacker. Maybe possibly just defensively. I don't know. I, it's like you were talking about. It's, it's the mentality. Yeah. It's the mindset. Yeah. That's what has to change. They want to change the mindset, and they want to change, and basically they just want to clear everything up, go make plays. Yeah. Simplify, simplify, make plays, and create be fast. turnovers, be and and play create fast. turnovers. Exactly, and and basically, isn't that all Oklahoma fans want out of a defense right now? 
They just want ma- plays to be made. They don't care who does it, how it's done. They just don't want to watch what they've watched for the last, I don't know, five years, four years. I'm going to ask you a question, and this is where camp might get really awkward. Do you think, based on hearing both Alex Grinch and Brian Odom talk yesterday, do you think at some point this spring someone is going to admit that Deshaun White is pushing Kenneth Murray for a starting job? I don't think they'll say it like that, but I think they're going to, it'll be a continued, and we haven't even talked to Kenneth Murray yet. No. During the spring to talk Nobody's to him about his, how he fits him. in with Brian Odom and, and, and Alex Grinch's defense. But Because he's going to do the same thing Jalen Hurts did today. Sure. About the team. Uh, but I do think that it's going to be to the extent of all jobs are open type thing. Here's Alex Grinch yesterday talking about Deshaun White. Yeah, Deshaun can run around now. I mean, there, there, there's there's certain guys that you circle from uh, at an athletic standpoint that, that you know, we recruit each and every year. You know, give us 10 of them. Um, I think he's, he's still learning the defense. I think he flashes at times but on both sides of it from a positive standpoint. And when he's slow, you know what that means because he's not a slow football player. It means he's thinking. And so, you know, some of that, that, that comes obviously with the uh, – uh, more more reps and those things, and he's going to get it because, uh, like like I said, we're, we're kind of thin in all areas. I believe I I I I, I don't want to misquote, but I don't want to leave this on the table. Brian Odoms yesterday said something along the lines of Deshaun White is one of the most instinctual linebackers he's coached. Just from the, you know, the limited. Viewing that I did see him in high school when I went down to North Richland Hills High School, I, I would, I could see what he's talking about as far as being a guy that he just goes and tackles the football. I mean, the guy was all over the field yeah. that night. I just wonder what we that have means. that video up on, on scoop. I'll I'll put it up in the uh, podcast if we want. But outside of that, I mean, it wasn't a a really eye-opening day talking to you know guys on the defense I mean I think it's just fascinating to talk to these guys and I don't know maybe it's just because it's simply we've we haven't talked to them and it's something new yeah. that we haven't because uh, it, it got predictable there towards the end I mean we knew what was going to come out of Mike's mouth we knew what yeah. was going to come out of uh Tim Kish's mouth in the very very limited times that we talked to him but I think that you know just it's what we put up on the board as far as there's a reason why there should be a little bit of excitement. Even listening to Justin Broyles talk about it, you kind of get excited. Compare right now to all the media sessions we had with Ruffin when oh. Mike was gone. Like, And it was so confusing, and you didn't know exactly what if anybody was on the same page. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it that I mean, it's, having Grinch to go has a the, Grinch has a vision. He has a focus of what they want to do down there. I mean, all the Fido and stuff. They, they might not have the guys that he wants right now, but damn it, they're going to mold it, and it's going to be that system. You better come to play in that system. They're not going to mold the system to you. I guess is that the best way to yeah, say it? Yeah, they're not. They're not trying to patch a tire. Right. They'll just go buy a brand new tire. They'll go buy a brand new car. <laughs> yeah, they, like <laughs> if you can't do it, they're gonna find somebody that will. Yeah, and that maybe that why that maybe that it does lead to Brian Mead on the field, or maybe that does lead to uh, Deshaun White over Kenneth Murray. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, Alex Grinch, he he's not here to fuck around. I think that's the best way to say it. One thing that was interesting yesterday is everybody loves this 
oh, the defensive linemen have lost all this weight. It's amazing. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau basically he said, "I'm not, I'm not gonna tell these fairy tale bullshit stories." Like he's like, "Guys lost ten pounds." Uh, well, Gallimore, he's like, he's lost five pounds. <laughs> like it's, but it's part of the off season. It when is part of not, it. When you don't talk to anybody and. Instagram is all you get. I don't know if you were standing over there when he was talking about Gallimore, but, I mean, you listen to Thibodeau and you listen to even Alex Grinch talk about him. They need a guy like that to be very good on this defense. Yeah. They need him to have a good senior season and be a guy that, let's be honest, I, I think a guy that everybody kind of expected him to be when he came into Norman. And I, he hasn't. He hasn't been that guy. He's shown flashes. He was pretty Decent last year. No, he. I, and he. I'm not saying he hasn't he been decent. good. He wasn't great. But they need him to be great if yeah. they want. If they, if this defense really wants to take a next step and and they and need be him a to defense play. that can compete with Alabama or Clemson or they whoever. Need, yeah, they need him to play more. He's he's really almost kind of been a part time guy. He's banged up here and yeah. there. They need Dylan Fahamatu to be healthy, and I think he could be a really good player still. Like I've I. That is the one position I worry the least about is is really other than edge rushers. Well, they have a bunch of experience there. Yeah. I mean, even guys like uh Tyrese Lott has played a little bit. Uh who else? Uh now you were were you standing there when uh uh Tibbs was asked about LaRon Stokes? Yeah, and he said that he's a little bit further along than he thought he would be. And, you know, I kind of asked him, is that just something that was that surprising or was that kind of what you expected from a JUCO? And he said that even for a JUCO kid He's probably a little bit more developed than than other guys, mm -hmm. and you know I think he's going to be a guy that he's going to have a chance to play next year as a oh, as absolutely. a rush in, and you know I it's kind of contingent I think also on when they can get Jalen Redmond back on the field, and that's, yeah, that's been kind of an interesting deal. situation just because there hasn't been any like we got to ask Lincoln for an update Thursday. Yeah, and I almost feel like right now are they preparing to. Enter 2019 without him. He's not like, in I, shape. I, I, I don't mean, know. I, I really don't know what the answer to that is. He's far from football shape right now. I, I kind of think, you know, on the 27th of March that you kind of have to go into next year thinking he's not going to play. And I, I don't want to think that because I like Jalen and I think he could have a pretty bright it's future. It's just a scary deal. I yeah, mean, you it's can't. A very it's something scary that deal. in hindsight, they probably wouldn't have played him last year, don't you think? They would have tried if to bring they, him if back. they knew everything that they knew now. The problem is they have to know. Like, if he comes back and has blood clot issues again, he's done. Like, you just have to say, "Look, I'm sorry." It's it's that's scary. This I mean, could be look at a guy like a life. Chris Bosh last night that retired from the NBA. Yeah, and he basically wasn't it the same thing. I think he had it in his legs, so it's a little bit different. But I mean, it was serious. I mean, yeah. blood clots are serious. Yeah, you can't can't mess around with that kind of stuff. My understanding is not just like what happens is your body shuts down, your organs shut down, and then you just die. If like you, they can bring you back and get rid of the blood clots, but like eventually, if you've had so much trauma to your organs, like the organs just start dying off. If you have an episode, yeah, that's not. It's scary. Not worth playing. It happens to older football. people all the time. Not worth it. That's there's no doubt about that. But outside of that, I mean, I don't know any other like revelations that you remember from from yesterday on defense from new guys. I mean, no, not really. I mean, I I think that it's just you know I wasn't over there when uh, we were able to talk with Patrick Fields. Bob did most of that. 
I was with Justin Broyles for a, for a while. I thought it was, I guess, good that he kind of came out and said that he's playing free safety right now because yeah. that safety position is so jumbled and you really don't know what you're going to get out of it just because he can't be a strong safety. They don't have any numbers back there. They don't have any guys back there. Like, I mean, and he said that he's finally taking nutrition seriously for the yeah. first time. And oh, I think he does look bigger. It was a little bit of a, I don't know if eye-opening experience for him is the right word because he was playing at times last year. But you know, I I think that anybody that enters their what now redshirt sophomore year or sophomore true sophomore year yeah. knows that you got to do a little bit of growing up. And I think that there's a little bit of maturing that has gone through uh, It's not just, Justin Broyles. It's not just going out there and yelling at yeah. the other team. I think everybody that knows Justin knew that he loves to talk, but probably needed to mature a little bit. And I think yeah. that last year was a little bit of a humbling experience. But like Patrick Fields, I mean, he could be someone that really helps them. I mean, yeah. he played well when Robert Barnes got knocked sure. out of the game against Alabama. Sure. But, I, you know, Jeremiah Cradell, all these young guys, uh, Jaden Davis, I mean, they're... They're going to have an opportunity. They're going to have a big opportunity. What was the what was the uh, kind of the money quote from? It was the the one that he, we just played. Just as far as uh, you know, nobody in that room right now can say they're not going to have an opportunity. They're going to have more yeah. than an opportunity to yeah. play football. Basically, he was saying people that shouldn't be who playing wants in to a, play people that should not be able to play at Oklahoma have the opportunity to play at Oklahoma right yeah. now. I mean, and that's just kind of the reality that they faced right now. That's and that's where they, they were defensively. That's I mean, why they were ranked 90th in defense right now. It's, they're trying to get better on that side of the football. I'm going to be interested to see if, you know, some of these guys that they recruited late come in and do something. Who's was, was the safety, the white kid? Oh, uh, the uh, Dorman kid or whatever from uh, yeah. from Dallas uh-huh. or from Arlington. He's a physically he's a huge dude. Yeah, I was surprised. But like, just don't really know what he's going to be able to offer on the football field. Like the the evaluated safety that you don't count on. Like, how long has it been since that guy has emerged at OU? Yeah, probably been the Switzer era. Probably converted quarterback. Tidy Arman. Switzer brought in. Tidy Arman. Yeah, six foot one eighty five though. So he fits kind of fits your profile as far as guys that that they're looking for. There's a big difference in being six foot and five nine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you. That's noticeable. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I'd, I'd love to talk to Josh about just as far as, and we've talked about it on the pod before. It's not like we haven't, but their ideology and what they're doing in the secondary right now is, I mean, is it a 180 difference from what they were doing a year ago at this time? I would say so. You have to fit a, you have to fit a resume or a profile right now to get an offer. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. And, Actually, uh, you know, Grinch talked about that. I think Eric Bailey asked him about that yesterday. Yeah, the basically saying good quote. Yeah, you know, when we came in here, we had to tell a lot of kids, no, you you don't fit us. So your offer's no not good here anymore. It's a conversation that I'm sure is uncomfortable, but I'd rather, like, if I was a parent of a pers- prospective student athlete, I I would appreciate that that they're telling you, and not basically running you around and saying, oh yeah, come on. And then you're sitting there a year and a half from now wanting to transfer or enter the portal because you're never going to have a chance to play. There was no there was no bragging on um, Delarian Turner Yale yesterday that I heard. Yeah, and I I don't know I I don't know how much he's doing right now. 
Is he a, was he a full go? At guy? the end of the season, he was, yeah. He was? Well, I, I just didn't know if he was during the spring. Unless, I couldn't remember. Yeah, unless they're holding him back just out of caution, but I don't think they have enough bodies to do that. <laughs> I think people are going to have this idea of the spring game, and it happens every year that you get this idea that it's going to be this no-holds-bar, like, yeah. great football game, yeah. and then the game rolls around and there's 25 guys that aren't playing or yeah. nicked up throughout yeah. the week that they say, oh, well... You know, because the they, game week he could play, they take but zero chances. If you're even a little nicked up, you don't play. Well, you just don't need to. Yeah, the coaches aren't concerned about whether you're getting your ten bucks worth or not. The coaches are 100 percent more worried about those 15 practices than they are the three hours that you're going to see them on April 13th. They're yeah, they're worried about the 14 other practices more than they are yeah, the spring game. Absolutely. Uh. All right, uh, you know Josh is not here, Bob's not here, so uh, we'll skip the recruiting. That'll give us more to talk about as we get closer to the spring game. Uh, but it's full on, folks. I think we might even uh, we are in the heart of uh, of spring football. We're though. here. We are officially it's in here. The, the heart. No more spring break. No more hiding. No more hiding away. CD Lamb at your high school, so Tanner Mordecai can't work out with him, but you can. Yeah, we'll have uh, post practice on Thursday again this week. Yes, so that'll be good. And then uh, it'll be ramped up. And I think they're even, I think with the the way things are going, we might even have a, a few more media opportunities, maybe even some more uh, photo video opportunities. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's been some talk of that. That'd so. be great. All right. Well, Eddie, thanks a lot, mm-hmm. as usual. It was good. I feel like I got a normal version of Eddie today. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was a good one. Are you just tired? That morning show just killing you? No, not too bad. I've been watching Tiger, though, the entire time. So, match play. Oh, okay. Match play today down in Austin. Uh, so, yeah, appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. And we will be back again next week, probably with the full crew. The and only thing that is wearing me on the mornings is there's only so much bitching and complaining I can do about the thunder. Yeah, it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> it does suck. It makes you it, it hate just going sucks, into right? work. Yeah, it does. It's like, yeah. God damn it. Why can't these guys just play well? The thunder really do ruin your life if you have to talk about them every morning if, you, if you're a general sports person in some form or fashion i think it's because there's nothing you can say they just they're a very mediocre basketball team right now well it's it's a it is a it turns into it because it's oklahoma city it has turned into a class age race war <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah a little bit it is the um people that grew up in the olden times when people got in other people's faces it's the people that want Tom Izzo to be coaching Oklahoma City. Oh, God. It's the people that want Russell Westbrook to curse out all of his teammates. Um, It's the people that want Russell Westbrook to curse himself out. It's the people that want Billy Donovan to be fired. It's the people that want Sam Presti to be fired. Like, everybody has the answer for this, but it's a very complicated situation. It is like, you talk about, like, what's going on in the NFL now with Antonio Brown and Le- Le'Veon Bell and... Uh, that NBA AAU attitude kind of coming into professional sports like that attitude's been in the NBA for years and you've had to deal with the prima donnas like NBA by far I don't even think it's a question all the prima donnas are in the NBA like no one's a bigger prima donna than NBA stars prima donnas I'd call them queens yeah or something yeah I mean I don't want to go use I don't want to go UC Irvine coach on you but whatever is above prima drama donna, drama queens or something yeah bunch of fake tough guys yeah but also there's a reason that things went sour between Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich oh yeah because he's an old school guy yeah 
even though he's super political and liberal and all that stuff, he still coaches hard. Well, he's a hard ass. And that's why, like, Billy Donovan, I think he wants to be a, a hard ass, but... I think he is a hard Sam ass. Sam Presti won't let him. They're just like, all right, whatever, Billy. Shut up. We're not <laughs> listening to you. I make $30 and million a year. That's a problem. That's a problem. All right. Uh, there's your NBA capper. Yeah. Uh, thanks, that? thanks again. We'll see you guys uh, right back here next time uh, on the Unofficial 40 brought to you by uh, Choctaw Casinos and Resort on Soonerscoop.com.